Well, good morning, RK Church. I'm sorry that I'm not with you in the flesh this morning. Uh, I'd much rather be preaching to you in the flesh than preaching to a camera. Uh, but this morning, I'm in Bonnie, Scotland. What has taken me there has been the, um, the death of a, a good friend. And the family asked me if I would come and take part in the funeral service. Uh, which is this coming Friday, which will be last Friday for you, of course. And then, of course, I'm staying in my uh, church that I pastored in Fraserburgh. Uh, I'll be speaking there this, this Sunday. So I'm, I'm not with you. I, I do apologize for that, but I'm sure you understand, and these things do happen. We're looking at Exodus chapter 15 this morning. And uh, the first uh, 22 uh, verses of, uh, of that chapter. I don't, I don't know if you recall a, a program that came on television, I think it was back in the 70s. It was introduced by a man called Huey Green. And I already can see some of you, although I'm not there, nodding your head. And the program was called Opportunity Knocks. Opportunity Knocks. Um, there is different versions of that program, I, sp I suppose, going on today. But I do remember one program, that there was a, a group of Irish singers that came to uh, Opportunity Knox, and I, I remember the lyrics of, of one of the songs that they sang, and it goes like this, uh, Keep on singing, don't stop singing, you're going to be a star someday. Do you remember that? Keep on singing. Don't stop singing. You're going to be a star someday. Well, I, I can't promise you that if you sing, that you'll be a star. But what I can do is encourage you to sing. Keep on singing. Don't stop singing. And the reason why I'm referring to singing is because that's what Exodus 15 really is all about. Here we see the, the people of God uh, singing. In actual fact, this is the first recorded song in the Bible, Exodus chapter 15. So obviously there are some principles that we can learn about singing from this particular portion of Scripture. Now, this is very interesting. In the, in the earlier chapters of the book of Exodus, we, we see the children of Israel sighing and crying and moaning because they were in slavery. But now we see them singing because something has taken place. And, and incidentally, if you go later into the chapter, Exodus chapter 15, you see them grumbling when they come tomorrow. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Moaning and groaning, moaning and crying, and then singing, and then, and then grumbling. Weren't they a fickle lot? But aren't we a bit like that as well? We, we go between mood swings. One moment we're singing, and the next moment we're complaining and we're grumbling about something. So in the earlier part of the book, they were sighing, but now they are singing. This uh, song was written by Moses. In fact, Moses wrote a couple of the uh, psalms as well, which is very interesting. So uh, 
here we see something I think which is significant. They had been redeemed. What does it say there? Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. When did they sing? Well, after their deliverance. They had been taken out of Egypt. They had been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The armies of Pharaohs had been destroyed. And here they are on the other side of the Red Sea. Uh, and here they are. Well, what else can they do but sing? And I believe that anybody who has been redeemed wants to sing. Wants to, to lift their hearts in praise to God. Now, throughout the Bible, and this has been a strange time for the church, throughout the Bible we are commanded to sing, but the powers that be says they'd rather that we didn't do that, which brings up an interesting scenario, doesn't it? Do we obey God rather than men? But I won't go into that at the moment. But throughout the Bible we are commanded to sing, and there are principles that we can learn about singing from Exodus chapter 15. So, let's delve into it just for a few minutes and just see what we can learn about singing. Because some principles from here hold good today. First of all, I want to say is that they sang, the Song of Moses, they sang congregationally. Notice it says, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord, congregationally. Now, when I read a passage of Scripture like this, I think to myself, well, how was it organized? <laughs> how did Moses um, get two million people together and, and sing congregationally? I, I really don't know. Was it, did they break up into tribes? Um, where was the photocopier? Was there a was there some screen somewhere that they projected the words of Moses onto it? Well, of course not. But it, it does make me ask, you know, how did they do it? What was the tune that they sang to? These are questions that are probably hard to uh, answer. But what we do know is that it was congregational singing. Oh, I don't know about you, but I... I like congregational singing. The early church did this. Uh, Jesus placed his stamp of approval on it as well. Remember on the night that he instituted the Lord's table, Matthew 26 and verse 30, it says after they had broken bread, they, they sang a hymn before they went to the Mount of Olives. So there was Jesus in the Passover room, singing with his disciples. You might be happy to know, well, I certainly am, that you don't have to sing like an angel to participate in congregational singing. You don't have to be a Pavarotti. <laughs> and to get the balance right, you don't have to be an Adele either to participate in congregational singing. Many years ago, um, I'm in Scotland now as you hear this, God willing, if I get up there okay, um, but, but, but many years ago there was a, a well-known evangelist by the name of 
uh, Dan Vicker, a, um, a Scottish uh, evangelist, and uh, if, if you ever if you ever were was close to Dan uh, when he was singing congregationally, oh my, it was like a it was like a foghorn. <laughs> it was it was it was terrible, and and he used to get up and he used to say about singing. He he, he said in his his broad Scottish accent, he said. He said, I'm no nightingale, I'm, I'm a gale in the night. Did you get that? I'm no nightingale, I'm a gale in the night. And you know what? Never a truer word was spoken. If you are, if you are standing next to somebody who's not a particularly good singer, then try to drown it out by singing louder. And by that you'll bring the increase, the volume of corporate worship a bit, bit louder. And also you'll encourage God's people as well. So they sang congregationally. There's a, a scriptural precedent for this. Secondly, they sang personally. What, what do I mean by that? Well, notice what it says there. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I think that's quite wonderful. Singing can be and is a congregational thing. Something that we do together as a church but it is also a very personal thing I have been in great congregational singing at times and it's been wonderful but yet for me it's been a very personal thing I've been lost in wonder love and worship in the moose in the midst of all, a lot of other people who are, are lost in love and praise and worship as well it's a personal thing you you can be in a group of people but yet this is your song your song uh, there's a song that I love I, I won't read all of it to you but in in Psalm 40 I, I, I hope this is true for those of you who are meeting there today or if you're watching this online and I, I love this psalm it says Psalm 40 I I waited patiently for the Lord he he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on the rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. And notice this, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now, have you noticed this? First of all, he starts off by saying that he was in the mire, but he's taken from the mire and he's placed in the choir. Have you got that? Taken from the mire, placed in the choir. He had his song that God had put in his heart. I trust that you personally have got a song that you can sing. To God. They sang congregationally, they sang personally, 
But here's another thing. They, they also sang theologically. Now, what do I mean by that? Don't be afraid of that word. Theology is just a word that deals with God. It's as simple as that. God. When you think of theology, you think of God. And this song, they sang theologically. In other words, it was all about God. Now, we need to pray for those who lead us into worship, our worship leaders, our musicians, they do a fantastic job, but it's their responsibility to, to, to lead us to God, as it were. So, they sang theologically. It was all about, first of all, it, it, was, it was directed to God exclusively. You, you read this, this song that they sang. It was, it was directed to God exclusively. Now, there's nothing about Moses. Now, he may have wrote it, but there's nothing about Moses in Exodus chapter 15. He was only the tool that God used. Why would they sing about Moses? He was only the, to the tool that God used to deliver them. There was, there's nothing about self. It was directed to God exclusively. Because he was their deliverer. About, um, funny enough, this right about 10 years ago this, this month, uh, when I, I had a triple heart bypass, um, I, I don't mess around when I get operations. I make sure I get good ones. And uh, uh, for about the first year, I was, I was showing people my scar. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to do that. The scar is faded quite a lot now, so you can't see it very much. But the, the surgeon did a, a first-rate job, and, I, and I, I wanted an opportunity to, to thank him for, for uh, what he had done. He was, a, he was a Maltese man, a very nice man, and once again, this is going back about 10 years ago. And I remember a couple of days after the operation, he came to the ward where I was just to check on me, uh, to make certain he had done a, a, a good job. And when he when he arrived and when I saw him, I I did not I did not say to him, um, could you bring the tools that you used on me because I want to thank them. Well, if I had said something like that to the doctor, he would have said, well, I I was the one that performed the surgery. The tools were only the instrument. Was it Matt Redman? composed a song a number of years ago. I've heard us sing it from time to time in R.K. I think it was Matt Redman. I'm, um, I stand to be corrected on that. But you know this song, and it goes something like this. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. I'm sorry for the things that I've made it, because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. They sang theologically. It was directed to God exclusively. Another thing that I wanted to say about singing theologically to God is that it, it describes God accurately. So in, in our corporate singing, we, we, we need to have songs that describe God accurately. I, 
I have to confess, and this has not happened in, in, in RK, but if I go somewhere where I, I just feel that the, a, a song is not uh, expressing what the Bible is really saying, I, I, I find it very difficult to, to sing songs like that. And here we see that this song, it describes God accurately. That they, they not only sing to God, they not only sing to the Lord, but, but they sing about the Lord. I, I don't want to sing about anything that is not true of my God. And just look at this for a second. Let me just run through this very, very quickly so that you'll uh, get the point as, as it were. They, they, they sang, he, he is the enabling God. He said, I, I will sing to the Lord. He is highly exalted. He's, he's the enabling God. He, he's the saving God. Look at that. He has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is the victorious God. Verse 3. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. Look at this. He is a powerful God. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord. Not that God has got a, a right hand. This is, this is figurative speech. This is just uh, uh, God speaking to us in a way that we'll understand what he's like. And the right hand was always known as the, as the hand of power. And in, in this chapter as well, it talks about the, the, the breath of his nostrils. Uh, he's, a, he's a powerful God. He, he, is, he is an unequal God. He says, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Unequaled. He's a holy God. Majestic in holiness. I remember going back many years ago when I was uh, pastoring in uh, a place called Bedworth, which is just outside of Coventry. Uh, we had a time of worship and then all of a sudden the, the worship leader just began to lead us into that song Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty Early in the morning our songs to thee shall rise and even as I think about that now whoa, it still sends tingles down my spine because the song just seemed to match the the atmosphere that we were feeling at that time. We were in the presence of a holy God. Hey, we don't hear too much about the holiness of God now, do we? Even from our, our, our pulpits. But we need to have songs that focus in on the incredible holiness of God. He is the unequal God. None of the gods in Egypt could be compared to the God of Israel. The unequal God. He is, he is the loving God. Verse 13. In your unfailing love you lead. He is the faithful God. Uh, because they anticipate that they're going to go into the land of, of promise. He, he is the sovereign God. The Lord will reign forever and, and, and ever. And so, and so we have it friends. It, it describes God accurately. 
And we need to have songs that describe God accurately. His holiness, his love, his sovereignty, his victories, all. And incidentally, when we come to the New Testament, um, we, we have, um, gives us little snippets of some of the songs that they sang. For instance, Philippines chapter 2. Um, that this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. Many people believe that Paul was quoting from a, a, a hymn that was sung. And, and there's snippets throughout the, the, the New Testament of, of songs that they sang. And guess what? Filled with fantastic theology. Well, surely we should do the same today. It describes God accurately. It, it distinguishes God uniquely. Who is a God like thee? And then it declares the works of God powerfully in verse 19. It says there in verse 19, uh, When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the, of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. So they sang congregationally, all together, they sang personally, but they, they sang theologically as well, because it was all about God. Another thing I'd like to say, quickly, is that they also, they also sang enthusiastically. Look what it says in verse 20, then Miriam the sister of Moses and Aaron. Then Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into his seat. They sang enthusiastically and, and instrumentally as well, by, by the way. Now, what? Now, I, I, in, in corporate worship, I, I, I believe there's, there's times when just to be silent is a good thing. <coughs> just to humble ourselves in the presence of God. But there's also a place for a bit of excitement as well. They sang enthusiastically. Whoa, I can just picture Miriam there with her tambourine. I don't know how she was dancing. I don't know if it was like that <laughs> or how it was. I really don't know. But, you know, I have been known from time to time to lift my feet in corporate worship, uh, to get excited about the God who has redeemed us and who has saved us. I have I, not been to a football match for a long time, but but when I was uh, chaplain of the football club, Chesterfield, for occasionally I, I, I got a free ticket so I could go to the matches. And boy, did they get excited. And boy, when they sang, they, they sang together enthusiastically about 22 guys kicking a, 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 a ball around a pitch. They, they just were so excited. And, and, oh, I, I watched the, the football match, the, the return of the King Ronaldo to Manchester United. All the singing, all the passion, all the enthusiasm. About what? 
surely there's a place for a bit of excitement from time to time. Yes, reverence in our singing, but also uh, singing with enthusiasm. And Miriam said to me, she got her tambourine out and she danced around. I wonder what that dance was like. I don't know. But it must have been exciting. The last thing I want to say is this. Yes, they, they sang congregationally, they sang personally, they sang theologically, they sang enthusiastically, but I'll conclude by this. They also sang in, intentionally. Notice what it says here. It says, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song. I will sing. I suppose, when you look and examine it in its context, I suppose they had something to sing about. A great deliverance. The horse and the rider had been thrown into the sea. But I believe that God wants us to sing when the clouds are gray and the path is difficult and when life is not always what we want it to be. You know, being a, a church leader for many years, you, you see some Christians come in and during the congregational singing you, you look at them and oh they're just they're just doing nothing uh, there's no expression of joy or there's no song coming from their hearts and probably because they're going through a, 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 a difficult time but I, I believe that God wants us to be intentional even in our singing whether it's done congregationally or whether it's done in the privacy of our, our own home sometimes God wants us to be in, in, intentional um, I, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you because I, I, I never want to be a, a, a hypocrite. Um, I have, since Vivian passed away 18 months ago, I found it, I found it difficult to sing. Now, everybody deals with grief in the wrong way, I, I know that, but I have found it difficult to sing. But God has been challenging me lately. With some verses. Let me just read to you one of the verses that God has been challenging me with. It's found in Isaiah 54. And it says this first verse Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who never were in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her. Who has a husband says the Lord. Now that's quite a challenge that. God is saying to God is saying to a, a woman who's had no child, burst into song. Alright, it's difficult. It's hard. But but burst into song. Be intentional. And then I think about Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16. You know the story, they're in prison, the first jailhouse rock, they begin to sing and praise and God sends an earthquake. I wonder if it was in response to their singing, I, I, I don't know, that's open to debate. But it says that 
At midnight, there's Paul and Silas, lacerated backs, in stocks. And guess what it says? They were singing hymns. They were intentional. Very difficult situation, but they were singing. Hey, be intentional. I really encourage you to sing. Well, I've almost finished. Abba are making a comeback. Well, supposedly, they were they were always they were always my favorite group. Uh, Andrea will be happy to hear that, and a lot of you. I just love Abba. I went to the Abba Museum the last time I was in um, Sweden. Uh, a lovely country, but but they but they had a song that goes something like this: "Thank you for the music, the song I'm singing. Thanks for all the joy it's bringing. Who can live without it? I ask in all honesty, what would life be without a song or a dance? What are we? So I say, thank you for the music, for giving it to me. Let's thank God for the music." Let's thank God for the song that we are singing. Let's thank God for the joy that it brings. Could I just say something about congregational as well? Not only is it directed to God, but it can have a powerful effect upon people who are not Christians. And it can have an encouraging effect upon people who are Christians. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear good congregational singing, wow, it lifts my heart. And, and I respond in kind. Let me conclude by how I started. Keep on singing. Don't stop singing. Can't guarantee that you're going to be a star, but I can encourage you to keep on singing. Don't stop singing. <clears throat> it brings glory to God. And it can be very encouraging to God's people. So usually we wind up our service by a, a corporate song. Well, I hope I'm not going to be there, so I'm disappointed with that. But I hope there'll be a, a response in your heart to what I've said to you this morning. Keep on singing. Don't stop singing. The Lord bless you. Have a great Sunday. Look forward to seeing you soon. Amen.